Hey, welcome to the Gospel Rant Podcast. I'm Dr. Bill Sinyard. Uh, I mean, how can we not talk about the George Floyd uh, trial, the Guardian headline, April 20th, 2021? Today's verdict isn't justice, but accountability is a first step to justice. So look, here are Minnesota's Attorney General Keith Ellison's comments in full. Everyone involved in this prosecution pursued one goal, justice. We pursued justice wherever it led. When I became the lead prosecutor for the case, I asked for time and patience to review the facts, gather evidence, and prosecute for the murder of George Floyd to the fullest extent of the law allowed. I want to thank the community for giving us that time and allowing us to do our work. The long, hard, painstaking work has culminated today. I would not call today's verdict justice, however, because justice implies true restoration. But it is accountability, which is the first step towards justice. And now the cause of justice is in your hands. And when I say your hands, I mean the hands of the people of the United States. All right, uh, Christians, can I talk to you for a second? If you're not a Christian, you know, uh, you, uh, 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 just just give us some time here. Christians, if we're going to take the gospel seriously, <laughs> we're just going to need to start speaking up. I mean, that is if we really believe this stuff, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I wonder sometime, no judgment meant, if we do believe this stuff, I don't see a great deal of evidence. Truth told, we're missing golden opportunities to talk openly about what Jesus meant, what he said, and what he did in language that is so relevant and timely. I mean, particularly now, oh my goodness, we can make a real difference. We can see a change happen in our world. Uh, By the way, a change is going to happen one way or another. It's either going to head towards secularism or it's going to head towards the gospel. We need to do it quickly or the United States will ramp up its dangerous slide into even further post-Christian status. One researcher, is shocking, one researcher predicted that in the next 12 to 18 months, 20% of the churches in the United States will shutter their doors. Oh my goodness, why? All right, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you four reasons. Number one, we're perceived as irrelevant. I mean, there, I said it. I mean, sure, churches are a great place to put aging folks who are singing old hymns in four-part harmony, I mean, even those who know what that is anymore, and repeating prayers that honestly sound like they were written in the 16th century and hadn't been changed since. But if we want helpful input on racism, social justice, shame, immigration, loneliness, poverty, and incivility, look, churches aren't going to be the go-to experts. In fact, We would be very low on the go-to list at all, just saying. Second, we're perceived as being unsafe and shaming for large demographics of our population. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we are unsafe, some more than others, right? So don't get your priestly clerical collar in a bunch. What I am saying is, whether we are or we aren't safe, we are more and more perceived as being unsafe and shaming. All right? Three, we're just as uncivil as anyone else. Four, we look and sound as secular as everyone else. Let me develop this uh, because this one might be harder to understand. When Christians, that's us, forget that we need or are totally dependent upon the intentional, 
present power and present daily hourly action of the Holy Spirit in our inner being to love anyone, to be loved by anyone, to lean in against racism uh, and shame that we all experience and have experienced and caused to others, uh, to, to forgive, to reach out, to honor, to be honored. If, if we're not leaning and depending upon the Holy Spirit, we've lost one of the things, the most important thing that Jesus paid so dearly for this side of heaven. And honestly, we have so little that we can offer our neighbors that will change their lives positively. And I am so concerned, and you've heard me talk about it before, of, and weary of sermons and messages and podcasts that do not end with something that looks and sounds like this. Here it is. The Bible says we should love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul and love others the same, but we don't, and we won't. We need to acknowledge that and access the power of the Spirit right now by asking so that we could lean into doing either. That's love God and love others today, tomorrow, and the next day. The Spirit in us alone really cares about social justice. We don't. Not really. The Spirit inside of us hates racism and destructive shaming. We don't. Not really. The Holy Spirit loves the unlovable, hates the destruction of poverty and abuse and addiction. We don't, not like he does. The Holy Spirit in us hates dehumanizing of all kinds. It's his image, right? We don't, we won't. And if we did, we would do more about it, right? Amen. Sing the four-part hymn and pass the plate. Right, you get the idea. Let me give you an example, right? For all of those multi-billionaires who squawk about loving and honoring the poor, right, them, particularly uh, those many wealth-burdened senators and representatives who talk a good game about hating what is happening to the poor, the urban, the downtrodden, the minorities, the outcasts, the immigrants, those suffering from addiction, from abuse, from racism— Those folks who talk a good game about the need for reforms in education and policing for all, if they really, really cared, they would shed themselves of all but the few million that they really need to live on, right? And invest in hundreds of thousands of real hurting people around them who need help now, right? Come on, can I get an amen? No judgment. I'm I'm not saying that I'm any better. I'm just observing the hypocrisy of blatant secular humanism and looking for a political, politicized solution. Look, I am making this case, though. Jesus, of anybody, really did put his money and his life where his mouth was. And I'm making the case that we are normally out of sync with this heart of Jesus manifested in the inner dwelling Holy Spirit who is in every Christian. But, man, it just seems so well hidden. My life, too. Do you recall Jesus spoke of us doing greater things than even him? Well, what did he mean? Well, among the other many things that he must have been referring to would definitely have to include our beginning to love our enemy a little more than we do. Imagine what that would look like in my life. Imagine what that would look like in D.C., in in Portland, in Chicago, in South Chicago, right? We would even begin to miraculously begin to forgive others who hurt us far beyond what we normally would be comfortable doing or being able to do. Imagine what that would look like, the difference that would make in families, in communities. We would begin to see a dent in racism. Yes, 
Come on, not due to legislation or critical race theory classes, but a new heart with a new motivation, a miracle done by God, not by legislation and education. We would begin to see a noticeable reduction in drug use, in human slavery, in world tensions, in peace around the world, around the globe, right? Christians, have we forgotten the power that we're messing with? In Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, Paul prays. This is the first prayer. This is the overarching umbrella prayer for all of Ephesians. He prays that God would give us, Christians, access to power from him, from God. Think of that. So that, and it's not that we would kill people, it's just the opposite. So that we would actually begin to feel his love for us. (laughs) Apparently, that's a desperate need. And our love for others. And begin to feel full with the fullness of God himself in us. Our cups filled a little bit, meaning that we wouldn't need to fill our cups with other crazy things, destructive things that we've been using to to still that nagging voice. Listen, Paul, that's crazy talk. Well, let me ask, Christian, do we believe that today? Really, do we believe that today? Can can I ask you, when was the last time you heard that, that you can actually ask for an experience of the power of God so that you would begin to feel loved by him? Right? How long has it been since you felt that? I mean, no no judgment, no shame. Just Just think about it. Right? So I think I've made my case that, frankly, the church looks, Christians look as secular as everybody else. Uh, so my, my definition for this purpose, uh, the purpose of this podcast and the next one of secular is simple. When I am in trouble, when bad things happen, when I fall short, when I'm caught, where do I run? Where When I make a mistake, when I screw up, when I make bad choices, where do I run? Do I run to a loving God, throw myself in his arms and ask him for his power to restore, to make me feel loved by him, to make me feel accepted by him, adored by him, or... Do I work harder to be better and to fix myself so other people love me, right? The Minnesota Attorney General's comments are clearly secular by that definition. I'm not judging or saying that he is wrong or evil. In fact, let me clearly say this. If there is no God, no present indwelling Holy Spirit, no accessible power of the gospel that would work on my heart uh, and others to love God and to love others, then Ellison's comments are as good as it gets. Very eloquent. In fact, I think many Christians believe just that. That if Jesus were here, he would high-five Ellison and say, you got it, man, that's exactly why I died, so that we can imagine secular courts and governments and policies that would make all sections of our population feel accountable and just and and equal, right? That, That that's the high bar that Jesus died for. No, 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 no. Jesus's death purchased so much more for us and for the entire population today, not perfectly, but noticeably. Like I said, I think we've shifted to a secularistic mindset where God is out there in the ether sphere He cares, but he doesn't intervene, right? He already did his son thing. That's it. He he left the the rules, and he looks and finds who's naughty and nice, right? You get the concept. We sing about it once a year. So our upside success as Christians, as world changers and representatives of Christ's message, right, of of unlovable people, an opportunity for them to actually experience love and, and being adored, our our upside is, our ceiling is very limited. 
because we're disguising ourselves as just another secular institution. And so we compete with all the other secular institutions, and we don't do very well in comparison. They do secular better than we do because we have feet on both sides of the fence. Ouch. So this podcast is an introduction to the topic, and in the next Gospel Rant, I want to look at Ellison's comments on justice and accountability. I do think they're insightful, and I want to look at them from a Gospel perspective and try to distinguish between the two without any demonization of what he said. I just think it really highlights the benefits of the Gospel, and we should be we, we should be saying that from the pulpit, from podcasts like this. But like I said, if there were no God, if God was standoffish, then way to go, L. But if God intervenes... And uh, in the lives of regular beat-up sinners, he indwells and adores regular mess-ups like me uh, and other Christians that I know, and empowers the downtrodden and outcast. If God freely gives justice to everybody right, who've been treated unjustly, then we should be speaking about a much, much higher bar. So see you next time. Here's a teaser. George Floyd deserves far more than what human courts can ever offer him. George Floyd deserves far more than what human courts and laws can ever offer him. We should not accept any less justice. The gospel is the only thing that suggests that there is more, right? Do we really believe that anymore? Uh, Enough to start saying it? Because it'll pick fights. It will be considered a microaggressor because, like I said, the the branding of of Christians, the branding of church is really in the toilet. So I promise you, dialogues will begin. We'll see you next time. Take heart, child of God. Hi, friend. Are you stressed? maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of too. Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stressless Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.